February 14th, 2018. It's a lot for Pedro Show. Thank <laughs> you. 
Watch for Pedro Show. Happy Valentine, everybody. 
Uh, I'm very lucky. Brother Matt is indisposed. He's got a new teaching schedule, so I'm in Pedro. I'm not totally man alone, though, because of the wonder of Scott, those uh, engineers of Estonia. Uh, I got a, a special guest with me, our grievous uh, bass man that uh, got hooked up with me, Stevie Bono, and uh, we got to hear his uh, tune, Parallax, right after uh, John Coltrane's Venus there. And uh, welcome aboard, Eric. Good to be here, Mike. Yeah. Let's start at the beginning, your beginning of your music journey. Can you remember your earliest uh, memorance of music? Oh, wow. Like um, when you were a kid at home or something? You know? Yeah, you know, it, I, I remember being very inept. I must have been like two, two or three. Uh, my mom was, was staying at home. Yeah. Uh, see, we, we were living in L.A., and she was managing this apartment building, so she she was at home with me. And right around um, the corner from where we lived, there was a record store, one of those old record stores. Yeah. And I mean, I remember a lot. Of, we would go over there. It seemed like quite often, man. And, you know, and, and buy forty fives. Yeah. And so she would be like, you know, buying this, and so it was it was everything that that was was happening then. But you know that that whole experience of going to a record store, especially like, you know, in South Central LA, you know, it's like the the, the smell of the incense. You walk yeah. in and it's like fucking velvet posters. I remember all of this, you know, and uh, but it was around that time that uh, um, yeah, I started, I started, I think, really, really developing an interest in it. So she would always let me buy, you know, the Jackson Five was was huge. So that that was my thing. So you know, going home and you know, play it again, play it again. So I, I think that 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 is my my first you know, salient memory of, of, of being around music and stuff. And at that point, my parents played music all the, you know, we had one of those big, what do they call them? I, funny side note, my parents won this shit on the newlywed game. They, they were on the newlywed game. I remember that show. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, it was, it was one of the, so my, the furniture growing up for the first, I guess, few years of my life were, were from there. And they had those big consoles where it was like a turntable on one side and then on the uh, other side was a radio that, you know, kind of like you push down from the different stations. And then in the middle, I had a big compartment where you keep all the records and stuff. Oh, Huge I remember those. piece of, of uh, furniture, you know. Sure, sure. Yeah, and, you opened up the top or something. I think yeah, they yeah, called yeah, it yeah. the stereo or something. <laughs> the, the speakers, I don't even know what they just sounded like. But, uh, uh and so, you know, it would be just like, it would either be like a stack of 45s on there. They had the thing, you know, once one was done, another one dropped down or albums and stuff. And I, I remember being around that quite a bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Mike Jackson, the Jackson uh, 5, I think James Jamerson was doing a lot of that bass. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it was funny because when I first started playing, uh, you know, I started on, on electric bass. And going back and, and revisiting those records, and I was like, man, fucking Jermaine Jackson is the oh, yeah. best bass player in the world. I, I thought I thought it was it was him, you know, and it's like and it was it was Jamerson on, you know, like deep cuts on the record on a what was it? I want you back as Will Defelder. Sure. Um but at that point it was like, you know, I was like, man, this this cat is this, this, he's incredible. So <laughs> <can> dance too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. But ironically, so yeah. you know, over the past like like ten years, I've gone back and seen some of the uh they had a, a a thing that came out. It was like the Jackson Five live at the Forum in 1970 and 1972. Wow! And Jermaine is 
fucking killing it. Oh, um, right. I mean, beast live. He was he was playing man live, and and I researched as much as I could. Like you know, were these like the the pseudo live records where you know they go in and and, and redo stuff, and there's no sign of that anywhere. You know, um, yeah, they did that to live at Leeds. I heard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They did. Man, all of them. All of them. You know, there, there were very few pure live records that, you know, even the, like the iconic ones, you know, Franklin Comes Alive. I heard they went back in for that. Uh, um, you know, this. Yeah. This uh, was the Gratitude, the Earth, Wind and Fire record. That shit sure. is like uh, P-Funk Earth Tour. All that shit is. I know. bet you the Ma Vishnu, uh, that Eternity, I bet you that that's them playing. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's that's a, that's a whole different beast right there. We're, we're talking about mortal men here. <laughs> I think Rick Laird was on the bass. Yeah, uh, yeah. In your apartment there, in your pad, was there instruments or were your folks just listeners? No, they were just listeners. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, can you remember the first forty-five you bought yourself? Uh with my money. Oh shit. Yeah, I, it was a, a, a birthday gift. I, I got some money. I don't remember. It may have been. Uh, it was it was it was a Marvin Gaye tune. I, I got I went. You know, everybody knew that I was interested in music. So, or I just you know like big big record listener. So I got my own little little uh, turntable, and yeah. they gave me some money. And by this time, we had moved up to Fresno. So I went around okay. and uh, I took the money and I remember. So I I got I got the the What Is Here album by oh, Tower yeah. Power. Um, Great. Record. I got a Ray Charles compilation, and the only reason I got it was because it was it was a lot of records. It was like three record set, one of those RCA things. Oh and it yeah. Was, it was like two dollars. So you know I was being <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, I get three records for this, and yeah, my I mother was like, oh yeah, no no, you should. I think really they check call it. those loss leaders. It was just to like turn people on. Right, right. Um, so yeah, I remember the what I said, and I think it was yeah, it was a Marvin. It may have been like the Marvin Gaye. Um, shit, man, I I don't remember. I don't. I, I remember it was a it was a Motown forty five, and then I got the two the two albums. Okay, what about at school? Did you take any classes at the grade school or junior high? Or- uh, junior high. Well, by by the time I got into junior high, I I had finally got well. Yeah, it was about 13, 14. I had got, uh, I had begged my parents for a bass for a while. They started me on guitar. And I played guitar, like, woefully for about a year or two. And I was always attracted just to the low end, you know. Um, Why is that, Eric? Yeah, you know, I, I don't know. Something about the sonority. I always tell the story. I remember when uh, this was like, in the late 70s, there was a the, the band called Taste of Honey. Sure. Boogie Boogie thing. And so we had that record. And, you know, the two of them are on the cover. You know, these, like, sure. gorgeous women. And it was just like, something about the bass was like, wow, wow. And so taking the guitar lessons, there was... There was a point in time where they would they would have kind of like bass exercises on, on the four strings. I always took to that. That was oh, always... Shit okay. I mean, Everything else, like the whole Tom Dooley thing, and and you know cramping my fingers to to make chords and stuff, it just didn't happen. So I quit that, and uh, you know, but I was still very very much interested in in bass. I was like, can I get a bass? So it, it took it took a while for me to get one. But um, so going into into junior high, um, I said, you know, I just got this bass, and went to the the, the band director, and he said, well, you know, if you're you're playing that, then you need to to be um, 
you need to check out some low brass. We obviously don't have a uh, you know electric bass or even a, a double bass there. So let's um, let's start you. Oh, on, you're talking on, about like the marching band. Yeah, yeah. So it was it was kind of like a. Um, but they uh, want you on phone. <laughs> yeah, no, no. It, it became that because I started on baritone horn. Okay. Which is kind of like the you know the, the mini tuba. Sure. Yeah, you played on your chest. Yeah, yeah. So I that that's what I started on. So I that that was that was like my first foray into like you know bass clef. Bass clef. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And uh, what I heard what was good about them the bones too their bass clef uh, for marching yeah. band was the big mouthpieces <laughs> because when you're marching man those like I heard the French horn was the worst the tiny little mouthpiece was tough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, man, I can I can never get get a sound out of a trumpet or a French horn. In, okay. You know, it's like I just naturally don't have that 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 armature thing. But my mouth is built somewhere. So look, I got this uh, tune you sent me called February Thirteenth. Was it about yesterday? Uh, yeah. Well, it was it was dedicated to uh, my mom. Okay. My mom was born on, on February Thirteenth. Okay, let's play it for her right now.
must maintain my sense of humor, my sense of irony, my sense of the absurd. Life is not a tragedy. Far from it. If one looks at life from the correct perspective, if one sees it the right way, well then, life is funny. You have to be able to laugh to to find something comic, diverting, engaging, even delightful. Because there's a silver lining in every cloud. There's a bright side to every dark side. For every pauper, there's a prince. For every illness, there's remission. There's always something auspicious about something malignant. It's the way you look at life. If life deals you a lemon, then make an enema out of it. For even in suffering, there is wisdom, good in bad, redemption in all things. It's in your attitude. After all, if you're going to go down with the ship. Why not love the water that will drown you? Embrace destiny. Don't turn your back on it. Be like Sisyphus. Welcome your fate. Don't struggle against it. Because by welcoming it, you transcend it. You master it. You own it. It becomes yours, and it ceases to be your enemy. And by taking it in and allowing it within you, you become a being of light, a saint, an angel, a bodhisattva.
condone Metaphorically, nothing carved in stone We're in a new realm like a new time zone Let go of the familiar into the unknown We took some wrong roads, no going back We gotta trust our own wisdom, get ourselves on track On track Psychically, stuff's been disowned Alchemically, we need the gold We're in a new realm like a new time zone Let go of the familiar into the unknown We took some wrong roads, no going back We gotta trust our own wisdom, get ourselves on track On track We'll never chase these funny existing realities So let's build new models, make the current ones obsolete We'll never chase these funny existing realities Let's build new models, make the current ones obsolete yeah. ישבנו במסעדה, בכפר תוש, והיה לנו טוב. בעל המקום סיפר איך הכפר נשרף בשנה שעברה, ואיך כולם עזרו אחד לשני וברחו לוואדי. אחר כך הם התפללו לפרוותי וביקשו סליחה. זה היה סיפור טוב. חבל שאינני זוכר את כולו. אני כן זוכר איך בבקרים הגברים יצאו לבנות את ביתם. ואנשים פיזרו אור והיו בהיריון. בן אדם יכול למות ככה מרוב עושר.
Watch for Pedro Show. Yeah, you just heard uh, Eric's son Bota on a tune called Bota from the Eric Re- uh, Reeves Trio. Before that was Farther South. Uh, we sat at a restaurant, uh, Panther Paw, uh, out of Brighton. But with hist- uh, hist- historically, before that, Super Freak out of Milano. A Wednesday, hey, it is Wednesday, huh? Joe Frank with Flying. Before that, we just lost him last month. Incredible uh, poet, Spieler cat. Alex uh, Zhang Huntai with an incredible version of the Stooges No Fun. Uh, I think he's in SoCal right now. Uh, erotic Billion and his Heretics with Valentine's Day Massacre. They're out of Zagreb. Uh, Vasco. And an Selkie uh, with. Uh, so, Archangel Ke Te Vatsam, sorry, my, my, Macedonia is pretty lame, but uh, he's out of Skopje. Gupa Turisti, a Belgrade band with Yavise, uh, thank you, Stanislav Seslav Zabic, out in Cleveland for that. And to start it all off for his ma, Eric Rivas, February 13. Happy birthday. Uh, so, uh, what about the other thing that some guys who play do? Like, get into bands with their buddies for after school in the garage or stuff like that. Did that happen up in the Fresno? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, uh, um, so I think everybody that, that was in that, kind of, it wasn't really a marching band, you know, but it's, you know, junior high orchestra. But um, by the time we got to, I think, ninth or 10th grade, yeah. some of us started playing. You know, I, I was playing bass. Um, a friend of mine was playing a keyboard, drummer, and a saxophone player. Yeah, I mean, he could do both. Wow. And yeah, we started started a band. It was it was kind of a ah, shit. I don't know, man. Like a, a really <laughs> like a, you're trying to play fusion type. type okay, stuff. yeah. Was it seventies? Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're talking about late seventies, early eighties. Okay, so we're talking uh, maybe Return to Forever or. Oh man, we we're, we're in, in middle school. There was no way. I mean, you know, just, you know, I mean, I, I could play the bass line to like school days or something. Oh, like he's Stanley Clark. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That was a big record, huh? I try to tell true. people that. Same yeah. with Billy Cobham Spectrum. I mean, fusion was a, kind of a big thing. Yeah, yeah. I think Billy even got a gold record, the first drummer to get one. Uh, yeah. So, so uh, let me let me understand. We're, you know. Were you learning bass by, uh, of, of course, there was some school instruction with those tunes, but were you, like, kind of listening to records, too, and, and listening to the licks, like Stanley Clark there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. Okay. Yeah. Were you writing yet? No. no. Yeah, because I try to tell people this, the 70s mentality, you did not really write. You just try to copy records. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was it. Yeah. That was it. So and, did and, this band you were in have a name? Uh, what was it called? Vantage. Vantage. <laughs> okay. And did you guys do gigs? Uh, nah. I mean, you know, school stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, that's another thing I try to tell people. You did bands, all you did was practice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, what do you think about that, Eric, this word, rehearsal versus practice with music uh, people? I can understand with actors. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it, it, it's kind of similar to... You know, people like how, how boxing is is different than any other sport. Okay. You know, it's like people don't play boxing. No, you play other things. You know, when you box, you box. The shit is hardcore. Okay. And I think that that you know, when you get into the you mentality really, of you don't really. What I'm trying and, to say is, you don't really rehearse boxing. You train, right? Right, right. 
and and I mean I, I think that there are people that 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 do have kind of a rehearsal mentality when it comes to it. But I mean, you should you should be hitting all the time. You yeah. know, it's like yeah. Um, I also so, think of a basketball player. Hey, I'm going to go to the court and rehearse some hoops. No. <laughs> right, right, right. You really actually shoot, right? You, you yeah. throw the ball up there. Yeah. Rehearse means like almost in front of a mirror just making moves. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. it's just a semantic thing. Um, now, now, what did Advantage evolve into? Did it ever turn into anything? No, no, okay. man. It, you know, I, I think that I'm probably the only one that, that's, that stayed you know, with, with the music thing, everybody else was like. And when did you leave the electric bass for stand-up? Uh, well, so we we uh, my family was up in Fresno. We relocated to L.A. for a year. I went to my, my junior in high school. I went to L.A. High, wow. and then um, um, circumstances led me to to live with uh, move to San Antonio, Texas. Whoa! With my uh, my grandparents. Uh, so I ended up graduating high school in San Antonio, and by that time, you know, there, there were jazz bands and and uh, the, that whole the Texas tradition of high school jazz bands. I mean, they're they're, they're serious, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like so, drumcore, New York City. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it was it was, it was serious. Um, and it should, I mean, I played electric bass in the marching band. Whoa! So, how yeah. did you do that? Carry your amp? They, yeah, they had a uh, they had like this this uh, ampeg on a a cart. And it was hooked to a car battery. Okay. So I had I had like two underclassmen. <laughs> you know, they, they would push they would push behind me. Yeah, okay. The, the thing about it was like it was it was a, a marching band in the tradition of like all the swag bands, like all the the, the great you know HBCU bands. Sure. For, uh, so Ford A and M TCU, so it was all this like dancing and shit, you know, like high just pushing nineties with your knees, like all this, and you know, invariably. <laughs> no, I remember manual arts, you know, because uh, San Pedro High was in the Marine League, so we played a lot of inner city. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I saw the routines; they were beautiful, and the man, bitching ass shit. drum routines. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it was something, man. So you know, what, what would happen was. You know, because you'd have these these freshmen who were, you know, basically, you know, the scrubs of the band. Yeah. But they're, they're getting to march in these parades. So they're happy as shit, dancing all over the place, running into me, man. I got like all kinds of, you know, like, you know, it's like they, they would not stay in distance. You know, the cord was what, like 12 feet. And I would try to stay in front of them. And, they, you know, they're, they're out there dancing and shit. Amp is everywhere, you know, but it, that, that was fun. Okay. Um, but being in San Antonio. And with this this jazz, that's where you moved to the stand-up. Yeah, so right right after I, uh, when I was getting ready to, to graduate, I was looking at, at, at going to schools, and there was a... Um, with the minors? Uh, that, uh, are they called the minors there? The minors. Yeah, the University of Texas uh, at uh, El Paso. Oh, yeah, I, yeah, I think so. Uh, the the UT, UT El Paso. Yeah, I think they're called the minors. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> just a little factoid. Right, but anyway, right. you were going to go to school there? No, I was I was just looking to school, and there were some guys that, that had gone off to Southern University. Oh, okay. And so they would come back and, and do, like, clinics and stuff like that. And, and uh, they said, man, well, if you're interested in this music, yeah. you know, you should, you should think about coming to Southern. Yeah. So um, that, that summer, um, my band director from, from high school, he was like, man, there, there's a, a, a upright bass in there, man. Why don't you just take it? Just take it. So wow. I took it. Um, like a donate. 
Yeah, he's he's he he gave it to uh, Mr. McKinney. He uh, he Thank gave you, me Mr. one. Mr. Um, and um, so, but I went off to Southern, and I was I was still man. I, I was really really, you know, electric was my thing. Yeah. You know, it's like it, it took it took a while. So to fast forward, uh, the, the base sat in the corner, man. You know, I, I put clothes and shit on it. You know, it was just like it looked cool. Um, but um, I ended up moving. So I went to school at, at Southern, moved back to San Antonio. Uh, my son was born around that time. So then I, I was gigging around. I got a gig in the Holiday Inn. Yeah. Um, so doing that six nights a week at, at Ripples on the Riverwalk and, you know, in, in fucking San Antonio. <laughs> so uh, there, there was a guy who um, who was was a big, big jazz head. His name was Victor Paredes, great guitarist and, and piano player. And he was really instrumental. And he would bring he, he would, man, check this out. Check this out. And he would just bring all these records, man, you know, kind of blue wow. uh, or that shape of jazz to come. Yeah. But, Bratzman last exit stuff. Yeah. Oh, uh, it, it was like it was a really, really uh, great mix of stuff. It wasn't it wasn't tra- you know quote unquote traditional. It was, but it was also like just a grand scope of things. And he was always giving this to me, man. You know, and he was encouraging me, like, man, you know, just check it out, check it out. What do you think of that? We get into these these discussions. Yeah. So eventually he was like, man, you know, you should try like transcribing some of this stuff, you know, because I, I was starting to really feel it. Yeah. And so still playing electric, I was, uh, you know, starting to transcribe like trumpet solos and, you know, like Miles was pretty, although you can't really get to it with the, the notes and nuts and bolts of it. But just like note wise, I was able to, to, to play some of the stuff. And all of a sudden it clicked. It was like, wow, wait a minute. What, what the fuck is the bass doing here? I think and it was Paul it just, Chambers, right? Yeah. Yeah. Paul Chambers. Mr. PC. No. John Coltrane writes a song for him. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and and it, it was it was as if you know just a, a light went on. It was like, oh shit, you know, I'm sitting here doing this. Let me do this, and it it was just a, a really a great period of time for for me, like mentally, to to, to be open to that. And it, it just you know the the light turned on. Yeah, so yeah. When, it was and, an epiphany moment. Yeah, it's a total epiphany moment. So, you know, I went and <laughs> took all the fucking clothes, the dirty clothes that had been accumulating on the base and uh, <laughs> the clothes rack. Tuned it up and, and you know, just started started from there. So I was I was actually pretty much a late bloomer when it came to, to dealing with the double bass. That's okay. I think uh Vincent, you know, that Dutch painter, he only did his last ten years. Wow. You know wow. what I mean? Yeah. Orson Welles said well, I think he got paid for lame-ass wine commercial, but he said, no wine before it's time. It's time. I remember that. <laughs> remember that? I like remember that. Kind of two, two buck chuck with the screw on exactly. cap stuff, but... <laughs> what was the name of that wine? It, I think it was, it was the Massam Brothers. Paul Massam. Paul Massam. Or something, maybe. Paul Massam, something like that. It yeah. wasn't it wasn't high endy. <laughs> and we're at the end of the first hour of February 14th, 2018 edition of Wap for Show. Special guest, Eric Reeves, hold tight for hour two. February 14th, 2018, it's the second hour of the Watt for Pedro show.
Thank <laughs> you. 
my god. I totally see those like Are we recording? Yeah. The next in line was a boy of seven, marked by deep wounds made by a steel wire with which he'd been bound, while French soldiers mistreated and killed his parents and his sisters. A lieutenant had forcefully kept the boy's eyes open so that he would see and remember this for a long time. This child was carried by his grandfather for five days and five nights before reaching the camp. There is only one thing I want to be able to cut a French soldier up into small pieces, tiny pieces. There's only one thing to be able to cut a French soldier up into small pieces, tiny pieces. Why for Pedro Show, start off the second hour with Is It Is, Eric Rivas. What can you tell us about that song, Eric? Uh, so the first tune off my first record as a leader. And uh, kind of uh, brought in a bunch of friends. And with that particular tune, I actually, uh, it's it, it doesn't sound like it, but but it's it's, it's derivative of a, a Chris Whitley uh, guitar part from, uh, of, uh, what is it, um, that first, the trio record with Dougie Bound, Den of, Den of Ecstasy. I'm on there. Yeah. One song. You knew you knew Chris. You know Dougie. No, I mean, I was just a huge fan. Man. Okay, like, okay. They had me come up. They did that thing in a fucking theater in Ventura. They had me shit. drive up from Pedro. I can't remember the name of the tune, but I'm on one of those tunes on that album. Oh, um, man. That's, Dougie. that's I, incredible. I love Chris, man. <laughs> Really bad luck. The cancer got him young. He was beautiful singer and guitar player. Oh man, he, he he's he's like the, the the gift that keeps giving, man. You know, it's, it's just so like, inspired oh. as it is. All right, bitching. Yeah. Okay, then we heard Sun Ra doing uh, "Drop Me Off in Harlem," off uh, you know, "Nuclear War." God, that song is pretty relevant now. Uh, Alberto <laughs> Bocardi and Stefano Pelia with uh, "De Yura Part One." There's some Italian guys. Uh, Inspired by Bastet, kind of a Egyptian cat-headed god, I guess, goddess of the dream world. That's what I'm told. Faya from Houston with uh, uh, Tagadias, frog hair, same town, driving my baby away. I'm from um, Ohio, my Terranian home from X, Line Line X, Cleveland guys, I think. 
or Akron. I always get mixed up. Everyone is dirty from the city with Dilaudid. And finally, tiny, small pieces, tiny pieces from Tarby. And that's another project of yours. Eric, what's yeah. about that? Um, it's myself, Orrin Evans, and Nasheed Waits. We, okay. We've known each other, you know, from New York over over 20 years now. And um, wow. we just um, started a band where we were kind of sick of, of how the scene was going, you know, I mean, I don't know, man, it's, I, maybe it's, you know, guys get, get uh, older and, and certain sensibilities come in. And crusty. It just, <laughs> you know, it, it, and it just, for, for, for lack of a better term, it, just, it was yeah. just kind of like, you know, tepid. You know, okay. it's like, you know, like, like bleed for the shit, you know? Yeah, I and, understand. People are, yeah, they're not playing for keeps. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's uh, you know, Betty Carter said that shit. She was like, you know, you take every note like your life depends yeah, on absolutely. You know, it's like, and, and you know why? Because it fucking does. That's right. And and to find like-minded individuals and, you know, the, my, my brothers, but Nasheed and, and Oren, and we all feel that same way. So we, we've had this band now for, for a while. Yeah. You know, John Coltrane, I, in this interview, I got a him. He said, you know, I think peop, uh, real musicians are after some kind of truth. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Um, so uh, let's go back to the story. You're you, you're taking the clothes off the stand up. You're gonna work it. I'm I'm, I'm gonna do it, man. So it's, it's like uh, there there were no real. Um, there were people who played who played double bass in in and around San Antonio, but they were more and not to disparage these guys, but they were more of kind of like the the, the Eddie Gomez, you know that that sound. And I'm listening to all this shit with you know like I started getting into Jimmy Blanton, yeah. Wilbur Ware. Paul Chambers, you know, I wanted that sound. So, um, it, it, with with lack of a teacher, man, I would just go out and buy buy pictures of cats, you know, like so where, where, where's the right hand placement, where's their left hand, how are oh, they doing? Wow, this? from pictures. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To be, I, you know, this is what what I, you know, for me, it sounded like their action was like three feet off the fingerboard, and you're just like, well, wait a minute, it can't be that, <laughs> you know. So, well, I heard that's Jamerson's electric fender. Because oh, he yeah. does come from the stand-up world. He comes from it, yeah. I mean, the, the thing that surprises me so much about that shit, man, it's like the one-finger thing. Right. It's right. it's like, you know, and he wasn't bubbling. He, he was playing all notes as, as true notes, so it was like all down, you know. Right. And I think I, he put his it, thumb, he rested his thumb on the pickup cover. Right, right, right. I mean, I don't, the, the facility he got with that is is just, is pretty amazing, man. You know, um, he was, he's a big... Actually, Jamerson is is one of my hugest influences on on double bass because all of the shit that he does, man. If you you transcribe it or even even through the the book of his, man, all of that shit lines up perfectly for for the the double bass. Oh yeah, wow. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's, I tried some double bass in the late '90s, and man, it just killed my hand. I think if you get too used to that sideways thing, it's hard to do the up and down. It's 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 incredible, and wow. the thing about it is like whole different know, set of muscles. It's it's a whole it's a whole different instrument, you know. I mean, the the, the double bass comes from violin. Sure, the, the electric is a guitar, and man, yeah. when you oh when you switch back, it's like the electric is a long fucking instrument. Man. You know, with with <laughs> double bass, it's like okay, you have it here, you're yeah. you're up up low, right. and at a certain point, you hit the the, the shoulders of it, and right. you know, you know, it's like a kinetic thing. So it's just like right there, and then as you go up, it's it's all kind of compartmentalized. 
with with electric man it's just like a a, a vast horizon of notes you know like shit dude. so uh, where do you take it from just watching pictures do you get involved with musicians uh yeah yeah so um that 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 hotel gig yeah. It actually transferred into another hotel gig, which was actually a, a jazz gig. It was a jazz trio gig. And so I did that for a while. And at that point, I had met uh, Delphio Marsalis. He had come into town with his I band. I saw him play with Max Roach. Oh, yeah, yeah. Bone, right? Yeah, yeah. He, uh, um, he, he came in and I was, I was doing something with the, the Carver Cultural Center down there. So I, I volunteered to pick him up. I was driving around and stuff. And I was like, man, you know, I'm really getting into it. And he was like, well, you know, if you're really interested in it, my dad has this program down in New Orleans at the University of New Orleans. And you should come down and check it out. Whoa. So at that point, I mean, I had been vacillating between schools in and out, you know, and I was like, well, fuck it. I'll, I'm, I'll apply. And I got in and went down there, and that's that's where it really started. So I, I actually went back to school, and I was in New Orleans and living down there. That that really, you know, it it, it hit the fast track at that point. There's a good bass guitar guy there, uh, George Porter. Oh man, some meters, funky meters. <laughs> yeah, pretty well. Look, we're gonna play uh, "Sing Me Some Cry." Any any thoughts? Um, no, enjoy.
Dead secrets, outdoor secrets, peculiar smells. Wasn't that an amazing funeral? No one tells their outdoor secrets. One, two, three, they said they'd seen the state of me. Get my name. Let's smile 
wife for Pedro show. Sing me some cry from Eric Rivas. Um, Smart Cities, Dumb People, MB Jones. I think he's in Pusan now. Uh, a truck from DMF out of Orange County here. Stick Sellers, upstate New York with Food Chain. Jonas Williams from Australia with uh, This Is uh, My End, The Revolutionary Hell Yeah, Cops Dream from up in the city. Circus Devils, that's yet another project. Uh, Dayton, Ohio with Mr. Pollard, Peculiar Smells. Andrea Roten with Elegy. And I'm spacing, but somewhere in your, I think uh, it's an Italian guy who lives in the Czech Republic. Uh, the Emperors of Ice Cream out of Brighton with uh, Picture Pout, 1518, that's Italy. Talking to our ghosts. And finally, Vadim, uh, Eric Rivas Trio. Is that how you pronounce Vadim? Vadim. Okay. What, what about that too? Um, that was actually the first time that, that myself, Chris Davis, and, and Andrew Surreal had played together. Your trio? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think that was the first, the first thing that we had done. So after school, or you're doing bands during school probably too. Oh yeah, I mean that 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 was that was the main thing. I mean the, the school thing was really cool. Ellis was an incredible teacher. I think that I I had signed up. I was in a couple bands at the school. I had a private lesson with the bass instructor that I forget his name, and uh, I had so I had some private lessons with Ellis. And I mean I think that we played music all of about 15 minutes for the entire you know year I was there. Whoa. It was just talking, you know, and and he would. He was, he was an incredible teacher. You know, the, their whole their whole philosophy, because it was it was Ellis, it was Harold Baptiste, the famous producer in New Orleans, you know, worked with Tucson, all sure. those cats. They were all there. And their whole their whole thing was was you know, they didn't give you information readily. It was it was kind of the antithesis of what you think school is. Unlike, you know, if you go to conservatories now in Berkeley or something like that, where they just force feed you all the shit. Oh, yeah. They didn't give you anything. I mean, they made sure that you knew now if you if you became very, very specific as to something, then you got answers. But they were really into like, hey man, you gotta figure this shit out. This isn't right. about like me, you know, giving you this. So it was um well, kind of cool. why you probably wanted to find your own voice, find your own way. And it was it was definitely that. And so between that and then I started working around New Orleans, you know, I mean, and that actually took took um, that I was doing that more than, than I was at school, man, because, you know, you play on the street, you play in coffee shops, sure. you, have this gig, you go uptown and do this gig. At that point, I started playing with uh, Dr. Michael White, who was, you know, like traditional New Orleans music. Right. Um, so it, it also helped me develop my sound because, you know, doing all that and you didn't have time to carry an amp around and worry about that shit. Sometimes, you know, playing on the street, what, what the fuck are you going to plug into? So right. uh, it, it really, really helped. Work the room or work the street, yeah. work the corner. Or, or work the street, you know, like you, you have you have to be there 15 minutes, man. You, you show up with the, your axe and you start playing. Yeah. You know, I, mean, I think that's you know, a great way to get educated. Actually, yeah, yeah, oh, man, it, it was it was great, and there, were, and there were so many, and everybody was the, the 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 community so loving and just like, hey, man, you know, you need to check this out, you need to do this, you need to do this. So it was it was that combined with just the the level of of pain that I had to deal with because that that was real playing at that point, you know. So you know, bleeding on the strings, hands opening up, cramps, all yeah. that, all kinds of shit, you know. 
like camping in tents. It was, it was, it was, I would get gigs, man, and just start popping aspirin. It's like, oh, yeah, I can do that. It's like, you know, let me do uh, four Advil right there because my hands literally, my, uh, my middle finger on my right hand opened up from like the first digit to the tip. So, you know, and it was, I mean, you know, I'm playing and man, you get, you get to that, that, that pain threshold where it's just like, you know, it's like, okay, okay, okay. Then all of a sudden, so my eyes are closed. I'm, you know, whatever. And I'm like, why are my hands sticking to the strings? <laughs> it's blood everywhere. It was, oh, man. It, it was great drama. You know, it was, it was a, it definitely was a, a you know, it had, it had a certain uh, attribute. Yeah, a certain effect <laughs> to it, you know. People were at the end of the second hour of February 14, 2018, edition of Peter Show, special guest, Ed Revan. Hold tight for. Hour three, February 14th, 2018, it's the third hour, the Watford Pedro Show. Thank you. 
Pedro Show started off the third hour with Edgar. Tell us about that, Eric. Um, that, that was with um, the first quartet features, Nasheed Waits, Jason Moran, and Ken Vandermark. Um, it was uh, inspired by several Edgars. Edgar Meyer, Edgar Degas. <laughs> this is kind oh, of a, I get it. Yeah. Like rather, rather than you know picking one, I just picked them all. His name, yeah. Okay, great. Then we had Hyperborea section four from David Gerard, Nandy Gerard out of Massachusetts. This click out of a Croatia guy living in Switzerland. Yeah, none done. Kines live in Maldivisa. Forget that I, España. Mute point bottled, and then PT forty four. Eric Reeves, what's this about PT-44? Um, a few years ago, I was stuck on a, a train. I went out with this, this um, did this trio tour, so yeah. we, uh, and it was, uh, it was my birthday. And they, the guy that we, we, we were going out with, he really hadn't been on the road too much, his, his road chops. You know, and I thought maybe his, his like, overall touring chops yeah. were a suspect, but then come to find out, you know, he really hadn't done anything. So we're, we're in Poland. We're traipsing around Poland. And before then, you know, we had told him, like, look, man, make sure that you get first class tickets for the train. You know, it's like Poland. It could be tricky. You know, it's yeah. like so it's it's not that much more. Blah, blah, blah. So, of course, you know, Ted didn't listen to us. Uh, so we're, we're in like third class. Uh, it was a 13 hour trip. Mm. No AC. <laughs> And nobody, nobody had changed over to uh, Zlatis. Okay. So, man, just hungry as fuck, hot as shit. I mean, it's like, you know, the middle of the end of May in yeah. Poland. And so the tracks, there was a, uh, um, the, the rhythm of, of the train was this, this thing in, in five. Oh. And so after a while, you know, after like three hours, like, shit, let me just get <laughs> stuck in my head. Let me just, you know, so. Pulled out some paper and, and wrote out the rhythm and stuff, and, and it, the, the tune developed from there. Oh, man. Okay. What happened after New Orleans, after all your education, both in the school and on the street? And well, um, I ran out of money. Okay. Ran out of money, and so it's like, shit, what am I going to do? Um, I was playing down there with Peter Martin, the great pianist from, sure. from St. Louis. He was living down there. And he said, man, you should try to get into this Betty Carter Jazz Ahead program. She does this program every year. And if you get in, you go up to New York and, you know, do that. By this time, a lot of the cats that, that I, um, they were starting to, the, the guys that were down there, like Brian Blade and all those cats, they were making, they had migrated to New York. Yeah. Uh, so I, um, I, sent, I sent Betty a tape of some stuff I'd done at Snug Harbor with, with Peter <clears throat> And was just waiting, waiting to get into that. So I was like, fuck it. You know, everybody, they had a big house up in New York. And so I just, I drove up and just kind of, uh, you know, dove dove into the the big water, as it were. And then I I got the the Betty Carter Jazz Ahead thing. And coincidentally, uh, she was going through a bass change at that point. And she called me for the gig. Whoa. Yeah, it was... um, I, I was totally un- oh. Ill, ill-prepared, but I got it, and it was oh, it was uh, uh, it was a great. Uh, hold on, um, sorry about that. Uh, it, was, it was just a great, great uh, learning experience, you know. But uh, Betty, Betty was uh, in- incredible. 
incredible teacher, hard, hardcore. She didn't give a fuck about your feelings or, <laughs> or, 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 you know, I mean, she, 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 she cared, but you know, the, the idea of tough love, I mean, yeah, that right. yeah. compare to, to what, you know, she, and she tells you, you, you got in the bed. She said, you know, when you leave here, you'll be a better musician. You may be a better person. And, uh, yeah, so that's, <laughs> I should know about Betty. Man. <laughs> Look at the City of Asylum. What's his tune? Uh, City of Asylum is based on, um, we've done a series of, um, of, the great Oliver Lake has been affiliated with this organization in Pittsburgh. They're uh-huh. called City of Asylum. And they, uh, um, basically they've set up, they have an alleyway and they bought all these houses and it is a kind of a refuge for exiled writers from around the world. Writers have been persecuted sure. and um, their thing, and they can come there and write and, and live there. And oh, that's bitching. They gradually, uh, they have a whole, it's, it's starting to be like a whole block. And, and you know, artisans come in, they've done one of uh, Oliver's paintings is plastered on this like, you know, three-story brownstone. Yeah. They have um, this Bangladeshi poet, uh, it's like one of his, his famous poems in Sanskrit. They had a, um, they've carved it out and placed it on the house. It's a beautiful place, beautiful vibe, beautiful everything. So, um, and and I think that, that what they're doing is just really really important with, especially, you know, how the world is today. Oh yeah, absolutely. Let's, let's... The thought police in full effect everywhere. So. Yeah.
dancing close The band is playing Stardust Balloons and paper streamers They're floating down on us She said You got one minute left To fall in love In solemn moments Such as this I
So I was down at the rodeo, a place I would never frequent. There I saw her. She was buzzed on beer and cocaine. I took her home. And now my life is all changed. Her name was Sundown, and she was beautiful.
Watt for Pedro Show. Last music for this edition. Yeah, beautiful. City of Asylum, Eric Reeves Trio. The No Ice with Memories. The Gears, another problem that won't go away. DER with Sundown. And finally, Tar Baby again with Sailing On. Sailing On. That's a great, great tune. Yeah. A great sentiment, right? They were, uh, it was bad, bad Brains has been, you know, I mean, I, I brought that one in. To, to yeah, that. yeah. Daryl Jennifer. Absolutely. Actually, uh, Adam Yak told me he's learned bass watching Daryl do that. <laughs> really? And Gary, Dr. No, told me, actually, because Bad Brains actually started as a fusion band, he told me. Yeah. And he was yeah. the bass man. Oh, really? And then Daryl comes in. Yeah, yeah. That's what well, he told I mean, me. I, I, I saw something on them, where they, you know, and they, they were like, you know, big, big Mahavishnu cats. Yep, yep. <laughs> yeah. You know, music is music. It goes through all these trips. Exactly. What, what, what plans you got now, Eric? Um, hanging for a while. I'm, locally, I'm, I'm doing some stuff, um, playing with uh, this great saxophonist this weekend, uh, Steve Lehman. He's, he's uh, wow. teaching out at, at Cal Arts now. And then uh, starting a, a band with uh, Jeff Parker. Wow, uh, the guitar man. Yeah, Guillermo Brown and uh, Joshua White. Um, and so that that's on... on we start. We're starting that up, and let's see. Traveling wise, I'm I'm doing a dual tour of Japan with Chris Davis, uh, yeah. starting next month, latter part of next month. Whoa! You might get uh, some sakura. <laughs> you know when the cherry blossom? Yeah, so yeah. You might yeah. be in the time. You know that's a big dealio over there. Or DC, because oh. around the tide pools, they got they gave us a bunch of trees, like eight thousand or something. And sometimes it's needed if you catch it there, especially when they're really big, right? They're ready to fall. Oh, and, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, look, uh, it's been quite a journey. Oh, what about recording-wise? Uh, recording, I, I, I got a, a grant from the Rockefeller Foundation. Oh, the gallery, And uh, I composed some music for a quintet that I'm, I'm looking at, at uh, trying to, to record that as soon as possible. Uh, Probably sometime in the latter part of the summer, uh, we we performed it um, last month, January, yeah. December, December. So a couple months ago, and uh, yeah, that's that's the next next thing. Well, yeah, what about uh, for the listeners out there? They want to find out about you. Where they can find uh, internet stuff? Um, there's uh, EricReeves dot com. Spell uh, that out. E R I C E R E V I S R E V I S. That's one word. dot com. dot com. Okay. Uh, soon, soon, soon to be updated and renovated. So don't think that I'm I'm lax. If you go to it and you see that, like, damn, this shit is from twenty. It's <laughs> it's coming, you know. But uh, and, and also on on uh, Facebook, Eric Reedus on on Facebook. Okay. Uh, here's something I ask a lot of people. You know, if younger person, or maybe an older person, but they want to get in this racket, what, do you have any advice? Um, I remember the first time uh, I went to Paris, and I got to hang out with the Art Ensemble. Whoa. And, and uh, Lester Boy goes, Lester oh, Boy. This is great. And he goes, man, oh, yeah, you're playing? Oh, that's good. You know, it's never too late to quit. <laughs> it's like, it's hard. <laughs> It's like so that that kind of came to mind. Yeah, um, yeah. Was he wearing and, a doctor coat? Man, exactly. And then right from there, I'm, I'm talking to Roscoe Mitchell, and he's like, "Oh, oh yeah." Oh, I always remember that that you know you were fired when you were hired. So, <laughs> yeah, that's right. 
just keep on the path. So <laughs> I, I don't know why those came to mind, but no, you know, it's, it's, um, it's, it's a long journey. And if you commit, if you commit to doing this, you're yeah. doing it for, for, um, uh, a higher thing, you know, providing some beauty and good in this plane yeah. is, is worth, worth everything. And, you know, the, to know that, that you always have something to do and to be dedicated to what you're doing, regardless of, of whatever, you know, I, I think the one thing that I, I try to tell younger cats is that the one thing that art will provide you is the opportunity for you to establish what success is. Don't ever let anybody tell you what the fuck success is supposed to mean. You have you're the arbiter of what you want to do and, and you know, hold yourself to task and you become successful along those lines. Not like you know, society will tell you some other shit. You know, it's it's almost like the shit is is set up against us. You know, the fact that we can wake up when we want to wake up or do what we want to do. You yeah. know, it's like how dare them? <laughs> you know, fuck them. <laughs> but uh, you know, it's 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 a bigger it's it's a higher cause, and and just you know, bleed for it, bleed for it. That's beautiful. I, I dig it much, and I really am grateful for you being on the show. Thank you so much. Man, thank you so much for having me, man. I'm, yeah, no I'm a problem. huge fan, fan of yours, and man, from all the songs that, that you've been you've been announcing, man, I can't wait to check it out, man. It's like it's a beautiful mix of stuff. I'm like I'm sitting here taking notes, like who's that? Oh shit, <laughs> you know. So, man, thank you, thank you. It's really been an honor to. to all right, to back, and when, and when you you get your new stuff recorded, I want to play it. Let's talk about it. I would love to, man. Okay, thank you so all much. Right. Keep on keeping on. People, it's been the February 14, 2018 edition of Pedro Show. Keep your powder dry.